Welcome to River Do's and River Don'ts. Today we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 5, Chapter 18, When a Stranger Calls. Directed by Ellen Pressman and written by Aaron Allen. On this show, we're going to give you a quick summary of this episode. Though I dare say these summaries are getting longer and longer. It's good. Oh, I love these summaries. Not at all a complaint. But I say brief, I don't really mean it anymore. We started brief. But then you let us in. Yeah. And we took off our coats. Uh Uh-huh. And we invited one of our lovely friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Pretty soon it's kind of a pizza party into gang fight situation and no one really knows how we got there. No one knows how we got there. But after our summary, we will share with you the shining gem, the highlight of our viewing experience. Our Riverdue, we will share with you the absolute pits, just straight the bottom of the worst part of Garbage Town, our River Don't. And we will share with you our weekly weird, that piece of inexplicable Riverdalian something that makes this show more compelling than it has any right to be. I'm Quinn Wilson. I'm Rob Stith. And I'm Cat Cool. Yeah. And we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. When a stranger calls. Oh boy. <laughs> this episode. We pick up exactly where we left off in chapter 17 with Black Hood on the phone to Betty. He informs her that he was in fact at the town hall, but didn't kill anyone because reasons. Black Hood knows Polly's secret and her location. And he threatens her life if Betty tells anyone about the fact that they are talking to one another. So we've immediately got this, here's the imperiled female detective and the weird relationship that she has with the killer. Like, we're, we're doing that thing. Yeah, this, this feels strange to me. Like, it, it feels like a very well-trod narrative path in terms of just fiction in general. It's Silence of the Lambs, yeah. Right. But I also feel like this is perhaps continuing a slightly alarming trend of Betty Cooper existing almost as narrative flotsam, kind of moving mm-hmm. from one like piece of narrative propulsion to the next and letting her character kind of warp around the needs of whatever should arise for that episode. I tend to agree. Like, she's super mercurial and it it seems that she is broken the most to serve the needs of the plot. I feel like they're doing it in a kind of cool way here, but it is just like Betty being whatever the story needs her to be still. It's a great point (laughs) because I have unfairly thought in the past they must have a plan for her. And it's just, why would I think that? Why why would I give them that credit? Um, Yeah, the last episode disabuses us of any such (laughs) notions. We're living in a post-toilet gun world. There is no plan. There is no God. We all die alone. (laughs) It's true. You're right, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's, uh. It's really the and I hate to say this now. looking forward to the episode that we're about to record immediately after this but somehow it gets worse. <laughs> uh, we'll see when we get there. But yeah, Betty has been like tossed around and like warped around the needs of the narrative so much at this point that it's hard for me to feel like I have a solid grip on her actual characterization. Hmm. Like she's a relatively smart kid. She's got like those ace detective skills from her mom's journalistic 
exploits. Um, she's learned some like mechanical know-how from her dad. Like there's a lot of like that that gal detective Nancy Drew sort of like skin around her. But like what fills that mold is incredibly hard to pin down sometimes. Aside from the fact that she definitely has like a capital D, capital S dark side yeah. that will come out here and then. Yeah. Yeah, I think with without the grounding of any knowledge of the comics, from my perspective, I feel the same way. I feel very out to sea uh, in terms of like who she actually is. Yeah, that's um, it's well, I feel like Riverdale Betty and comics Betty feel feel pretty different to me. And Riverdale Betty um is someone who like. I feel most comfortable with her when I'm seeing like her menace Cheryl <laughs> at her locker and Cheryl's like, I'm fine. I got this. I'm well lit right now. <laughs> like in that moment, <laughs> that was very like, I know this Betty. This Betty is a strong, well-characterized Riverdale Betty. Well, right. Because she's like detectiving the hell out of that. Like She's detectiving. She's being a little dark. You know, like she's got all of the components right, like, of Riverdale Betty. She hits that good noir stuff. Like, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. But But then every so often, I'll see hints of comics Betty, who is like, God, do I love Comics Betty. Comics Betty is this kid who's like, I'm going to get involved in every every project and everything that comes through town because I believe in stuff and I'm going to see it through. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of hope in people and I believe in all my friends. And gosh, do I love this kid, Archie, not just because of like romantic reasons, but because like I freaking love my friends and I love working on cars and I love doing all this stuff. And you're like, wow, what a stalwart, cool individual. Um, mm -hmm. She's just like, yeah, I mean. She sounds like I like her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She sounds... Like, she sounds almost, great. She, yeah. she sounds very great, very enthusiastic, very pure. Like, uh -huh. And not this person. And it's so weird when they like grab random characteristics of that person and put her on this interesting noir individual that I've right. grown to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Riverdale Betty wears comics... Betty's face as a mask. It, it's very odd. It's very odd. Right. And then there's just this strange sea of muck in between those two things. That's whatever you need to be. Yeah. Betty is Clayface. Now, Alice has decided now that she doubts the letter from Black Hood or she's pretending to doubt the letter. I don't I don't know. She's she's focused on being mad at Jughead now, is the point. Because fuck Alice. Sure, Alice, why not? <laughs> Archie has now written an apology letter and published an apology video, which seems to appease Fred. So that hopefully that lurid chapter is closed. And Betty just goes out and tells Archie that Black Hood called her, even though she was not supposed to. So that'll certainly be a thing. Oh, at some point. yeah. She immediately like the first thing that happens is the Black Hood's like, don't you tell anyone. And then she's immediately like, hey, Arch. <laughs> yep, sure was. Interesting thing happens here. Alice appears to have published an incendiary journalism piece about the South Side, but probably is actually totally right about Hiram wanting to simply profiteer off of the North and South chaos. Mm. Like, she, she's right that that's what he's doing, even if she's a piece of shit. Like, she's not completely dumb in, like, the conclusions she's drawing. Well, yeah. right. Many of her premises are, are flawed and full of prejudice, and but, like, she is recognized... Game recognized game. Well... In this situation. And that genuinely actually in part terrifies me about Alice Cooper is there's that seed 
of truth in there of like, yeah, Hiram Lodge is here to exploit you. He does not have your best interests at heart. Now, from that, let me advance an argument about why we need to disband the school system on the south side. Yeah, Jesus, Alice. Right, so no one's going to listen to her ever. Yeah, and, and the Lodges are throwing a fundraiser, apparently complete with one of Veronica's friends, who is now a music producer, and she seems real happy about that. Nick St. Clair. Is that a comic reference? Yes, it is. Ooh, Cat's Comics Corner? Mm-hmm. How assassinated is this comics character, Oh my Kat? god, so much, so much. Okay, so I, I need to say before we delve deep into the comics corner, yeah, this kid looks so much like one of my cousins. Oh no! That, like, I was oh, deeply, no. deeply unsettled by so much. I was just like, oh no, Paul, no, no. <laughs> that was that's me oh. with the, Nick St. Clair. No, no. Oh like, no, Nick St. Clair. I, I, I sat here, I sat here watching this episode, Cat. <laughs> Hoping that he wasn't a character from the comics. he is. Because I was like, okay, if this is a character from the comics, there's almost no way that they have not thoroughly mangled him in the adaptation. Uh Yeah, it's not like he was a big deal or nothing, but he was a cool kid who had a motorcycle uh, who came into town and dated Veronica. And then... That's not who he is in Riverdale. No, and then he's like too much of like a, I'm a tough guy and I don't play by the rules. And his parents are like, we're shipping you off to military school. And he's like, oh... Um, what? Yeah. What a classic <laughs> all-American trope that boy was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And now this. And now this. It's a different thing, you yep. guys. It's a different thing. It's a bad thing. Yes, it is. It is a very bad thing. Yeah. Jughead discovers that the servants are interested in payback and are planning to pipe bomb the Riverdale Register <laughs> after hours, so that probably it'll be fine. Uh, I will say this, though. Hal might be sleeping in there. <laughs> that was my thought, too. Hal used to sleep there a lot. I'm strangely okay with it. <laughs> he doesn't contribute much. No, uh, he doesn't. He could be the black mask. He can't orgasm if he's not forcing someone to abort. <laughs> so, like, that's his character. Um, and they could kill the black mask. Guys, go yeah. go take care of the register maybe they should yep. do that <laughs> yep. yeah yep. maybe this is okay uh anyway drughead tries to calm the situation down but the whole us versus them thing that is happening is already happening yeah it's not going to not happen so it turns out fp was actually really instrumental in keeping peace between the north and south sides and keeping the serpents on a tenable course yeah um Again, just thank God for F.P. Jones holding it all together. What did he do, do we think? His job. A thing that no one else in this town seems capable of. (laughs) Okay. Sweet Pea doesn't believe in Jughead's serpent transformation, and Tallboy has some sort of ominous initiation rite up his sleeve that we're going to clearly have to deal with. Um, I do want to say, in that serpent scene... The way that Jughead signals his commitment, he's like, no, this is serious. As he says, Tallboy gave me that jacket. It's time I started wearing it. <laughs> it's like, that is a line. <laughs> All right, bud. <laughs> okay, Again, buddy. he tries so hard to be dramatic. He tries mm-hmm. so hard and he's got like a 30-70 split on whether it's going to be a hit or a miss. <laughs> He swings big and misses big. Bless his heart. We can't, hey, we can't all be Cheryl. 
True. Black Hood calls Betty again and reveals that he is spying on Alice and Hal. He wants Betty to publish an email to prove loyalty. And Betty really presses her luck to prove Black Hood's loyalty, which he is okay with. Like, it seems like she's kind of digging into his psychology here. Uh, He will answer any question but who he is if she comes through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how it's immediately handled. I don't know. From the beginning of them doing all of this, I was like, yes. Of course, Dark Betty is going to be doing handling things this way. Well, of course, and they're going to do this dance. Yes, I like where they push with those elements of her character here mm-hmm. because that's good, interesting stuff with Betty's character. There's just other pieces around it that I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that I like the overall stuff they do with Betty's characterization. Sure, in sure, here, sure. But given that this is how she is. This is a good use of that mutability and this of that dark edge. Right. Yeah. And that this so like, is... I'm, I'm here for that. It's cool. Yeah. Like as a, a long form, like psychological reversal. Good job. Yeah. It also felt very much like um, Cooper family, the way that those two are going back and forth to me. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's true. Yeah. Like, nothing has happened that has disabused me the slightest bit of your But again, so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That my theory is going to pan out, like because they don't know what they're doing. Because who knows if this show has any idea what it's doing? Yeah. But but like fair enough. A Cooper family member could definitely be on the table. Whoever this person is, faux show. God, I'm sorry. I do sometimes fall into the trap of genuinely believing that they have a plan here, and then uh-huh. I remember that one of the most climactic scenes towards the end of season one was. <laughs> The syrup scene. Yes. Just screaming it's syrup. (laughs) Maple syrup. And then I'm like, oh yeah, it could be literally anyone. For all I know, (laughs) the black mask is a dog. I was, for some reason, also thinking that you were going to say that it was a dog. Get out of my head. We are very well in sync tonight, Rob. Yeah, we really are. What, What is this? Because often Kat and I are the same person, mm-hmm. but we are the same person today. You done it. Um, you synced up. We're, we're, we're this bizarre triumvirate that no one should listen to, <laughs> but some people will, and it gives me an inordinate amount of joy. <laughs> so we see a mugshot of Shelly Johnson. I mean, Alice Cooper, because, I mean, let's, it let's face it, this is, you know, this is making Amick at that age. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Shelly Johnson. But she was a Southside ne'er-do-well in her past, which I like, actually. Like, that it's overcompensation that she got out of that poverty, and now she is self-loathing and projecting and all that stuff. Like, it, it all works. So it turns out this scary serpent's initiation is literally just taking care of an adorable dog named Hot it's Dog. It's Hot Dog! No. I was so excited when we saw Hot Dog last season. You guys know about Hot Dog in Vegas, right? I don't need to talk about that. Uh, I mean, I know from the show. I assume that there's more. Cat's Comics Corner. Those are Archie's and Jughead's dogs. Hot Dog has always been, like, my favorite because it's Jughead's dog and Jughead's my favorite. But, like... Of course. But Jughead and and Hot Dog are, like, so close. They mean the world to each other. It's so nice to see Hot Dog back in the show. I was, like, really excited season one when we finally saw Hot Dog. But now Hot Dog Mm -hmm. is, like, around. Yay, it's Hot Dog. And he's such a cute dog. Oh, my God. He's such a cute little scamp. Yeah. Yep, he's a he's a good boy. Yeah, it's good. And uh those scary snake masks were just for All right, Riverdale. 
they've got a thing for masks. Someone in the writer's room got what they needed out of those monster masks is what I've got to say about that. I mean, maybe Archie Archie couldn't be around. Yeah. (laughs) Um, God, um, I do think it's kind of cute that when he talks to Tony about hot dog and she's like, oh, yeah, no, this is our third hot dog. And he's like, what? Three of them? That's ridiculous. And she's like, yeah, just like Forsyth's. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ha, get dunked on, you, you <laughs> fool. Good. It was good. Betty suggests that they cannot publish this stuff. Man, what does this note mean? <laughs> <laughs> Betty suggests that they cannot publish this stuff. There's like something that they're supposed to, supposed to publish. Maybe it's the email. Yeah, I think... Because, yeah, she got, like, that, that mug shot that she was supposed to publish. Yeah. But didn't she immediately yeah. do that? And then... She does it on the blue She and has gold. a confrontation with her family? Yeah. Well, oh, my God. Because Alice goes into Pops, and for some reason, the blue and gold, you know, the high school newspaper, is in wide <laughs> yeah, circulation know. around town? Sure. Of course. Where, like, it's the talk of the town... Like at your local newsstand, there's a copy of the blue and gold with her mugshot on it. Because Pop's well, like, I mean the... oh, yeah, no big deal. Here it is. I mean, shit, Quinn, for all we know, the blue and gold has a huge circulation because it has co opted the police budget for the <laughs> South Side. It's true. They might have got in there. <laughs> it's just hungry, hungry hippos. Uh huh. Anyway, Nikki and his parents arrive and. Oh boy, does he come on too strong. This boy is performing some kind of red flag semaphore (laughs) performance. I immediately hate his fucking guts. Yeah, he is, I believe, as the youth of today would say, I'm basing this entirely off of my my younger brother's usage of the term, I believe that he's a premium fuckboy? Yes, indeed. A true douche canoe to paddle proud upon the Sweetwater River. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Everything Sheriff about him Keller. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> He's got that punchable, punchable face. Yeah. Um, Sheriff Keller suggests that the handwriting on this Black Hood letter is different between the cipher and the previous writings of the Black Hood. Alice blames Betty and Jughead, because of course Jughead, mm-hmm. uh, which of course handles the problem with them feeling like they shouldn't publish the mugshot, which is what my previous note was about. We just discovered <laughs> learning together. So, of course, now they have no compunctions about publishing the mugshot. Oh, yeah. Doesn't Archie convince her? Because she has a conversation with Archie where he's like, oh, no, I'm being threatened. They say to publish my mom's mugshot, but we got in this stupid fight. And he's like, yeah, dude, fuck your mom. I don't remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure Archie basically directly says, no, your mom sucks. Do it. If so, if so, that's one point out of the 10,000 needed to get back in my Still deep in the hole there, Arch. But, uh, but but good. You know, it, aim for the stars, boy. It was Dumb nice boy. that because of all of this, we get Betty and Archie walking to school together at least. That... Yeah, yeah. Because God, they've been super separated. Yeah. Because like Archie's, my God, Jingle Jangle is this season's Grundy. <laughs> like here's a terrible plot with Archie that we like decide was bad and get rid of. Yeah. Um. Yep. <laughs> There's gonna be more to say about that next episode, though. They've thinking about that sweet, sweet murdered corpse, and people snort it like pixie sticks. Anyway, yeah, there's gonna be more. um, Yeah, they're totally publishing that mugshot. Tony, 
literally quizzes Jughead on his like serpent final exam. I and love that. It's so cute. <laughs> it is. It's like the kid's studying for his finals. And, like, she's got the flashcards. Oh, God, it's so cute. It reminded me, I have a a friend who joined, I guess it's not a frat, it was a literary society, but it was the same, it was a a frat, it's the frat that Teddy Roosevelt was in. And they had this shit, but the nerdy, upper-crusty version of it, and I I did that with him, and it was just like, oh, man, it's just that, it's just the South Side version of it! Yeah, it was... (laughs) It's pretty good. It was good and cute, and I liked it a lot, especially because this whole initiation thing, like these these four steps of initiation, are yeah, completely let's... fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. We need to we need to approach this. We gotta pace it out. We gotta pace it out. Seriousness. <laughs> okay. And it turns out that the reason Jughead is on this serpent thing is to continue FP's peacekeeping mission, which I like as a thing for Jughead to try to do in this season. Yeah, makes sense. And it turns out that these laws of the serpents must be wetly screamed into one another's faces. <laughs> that was that was the point at which I was like, okay, this serpent thing is made up bullshit, and I love it. That was the point! Well... Look, uh, you can throw a dog at him, and it's like, oh, ha, 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 good one. It's a But funny then joke. you get to the point where they're all in a bar just screaming rules at each other, drenched in sweat. <laughs> and then they say, good job, boy. Now put your hand on that knife with a snake on it. Yes. <laughs> Prove he to me to that you mean it. He has to get a goddamn snake tank. And we cut immediately from him like are you fucking serious like his what we cut instantly from his what the fuck face to him wrapping a snake wound <laughs> and, and saltily him... saying a rattlesnake tony a rattlesnake bit me and drew blood I, that he exposits it directly they're like you can't pick up from the implication that he's wrapping his hand because he grabbed the big knife with a snake around it and yep. then they needed Tony to be like, yeah, but it it didn't have its venom glands, so don't no, be such a freaking liter- that line, coward. That line fucking transported me. <laughs> it w- Guys, this part was good. It was well, very and- good. That's the thing, though. The the thing is that all like, of these, these parts in combination made it good. No, it, the thing is, I agree with you, because, like, <laughs> the escalation... Of that thing, right? of the That's shouting. That's what it is. It's the escalation of like, like they're just like, cards. yeah, the first yeah, is nothing. Yeah, the yeah, first thing yeah, is literally yeah, nothing. Yeah, grab the knife. Yeah, I'm going to grab the knife. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that oh proves you're a real serpent. Yep, there you go. Now you're going to turn into a snake man. On the um, and Please, please let that be what the serpents do. Please let them be if you're not going to pay men. off the ghoulies, Jughead the Nuanti. <laughs> yeah, that's what's good. Um, also, though, I want them to I'm be not going to lie. Uh, God, that would be that would be so good. But my second watch through, the one thought I had looking back at the snake the second time, where I was like, not being caught completely off guard by this weird ritual, is does the snake get cold? Oh. Did they not have a light on it? I don't know. No heat lamp for snacks? I don't know. Oh, I'm sure that that's just the 
tank that they put it in to grab the knife. I'm sure that I, they have a proper holding tank. Right. For it was that just snake. for a few I, I minutes. I like to imagine that his habitat is not usually a and knife. like I small. hope not. Yeah. yeah. So that was. I mean, that was fucking amazing, and I don't know how to continue from there, but I have to because that's my job on this podcast, and I'm a fucking professional. (laughs) Alice finds out about the mugshot from a well-meaning Pop Tate. Again, the blue and gold is at the Pops. It's fine. Betty says that it's just that she published it based on Alice's superior attitude. Uh, She takes the fall for this. It's not... Not admitting, of course, that this is a test from Black Hood. Right. So that's the conflict we're doing, that she can't tell people why she's doing the things she's doing, of course. Which, again, I, I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right, because we, something we haven't made oh, clear, uh, yeah. that the, the Black Hood is intentionally isolating her in the, the language of abuse. Oh, cool. 100%. But also, I will say one nitpick i or not nitpick but like one thing i have with the believability of this is this whole thing is predicated on you believing that betty doing these things are wildly out of character and that that takes people aback but that is predicated on the idea of her having a consistent and solid character right it is a little weird it's a good point i like it as a season conflict i'm not going to hold the plotting uh, accountable for the weird things they've done no. with characterization but it does it doesn't necessarily sit as companionably as the show would like you to think but i do like what they were doing with that my next note is nikki is really just trying to be a gross douche enough to cause a problem because he's bored right like that was that was my thought the first time through this episode not knowing where it was going right. uh, oh was yeah it seemed like he was just this town sucks and I'm just going to fuck with these people because I don't care. Well, um, was the the impression that I got. Yeah. I mean, he does basically start all of his lines with like a huge sigh. Like, ugh, we just had dinner. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah. There's a little bit of that. I'm such a teenager. God. I'm so rich and out of touch and I don't appreciate things. Yeah. Betty gets another call from Black Hood, who is quick to point out that he won't name himself. But she asks if she would recognize the face beneath the hood, to which he says yes, to which Cat punches the <laughs> I'm air. I'm like, yeah! Mm-hmm. I'm doing um, great. Black Hood says that it's time to start cutting other people out of her life, starting with Veronica. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, B and B. Why the Lodge kid? Because she's the newest addition. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, they don't have a investment in the town in the same way. But, I mean, they are sisters, even though it's unbelievable for how short it's yeah, been. Like, I they mean, are. We fucking talked about how I feel like I just missed my chance and that I was destined to be best friends with her. <laughs> yep, well, that was a that real literally thing happened that happened. Hey, episode, as, so. as this show has established, when you go to school... And you are shown around school by somebody, that person is your best friend for life. Not just this show. I guess that's... It's a thing that happens. (laughs) Sure, that's a thing that happens. But in this show, it is very true. It happened here, and now it's happened with Jughead and Tony. I'm like, oh, okay. You meet your best friend for life when you go to a school and you're shown around by somebody. I get it. It's There's Um, two ways that it could work. They're either going to be your best friend or they're going to be your eternal rival. And there's, (laughs) like, a pretty good chance that in either of those relationships, a crush is an underlying theme. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Jughead and Betty meet at Pops, and neither of them can be really completely truthful with each other. Mm -hmm. Though, 
I must say that Jughead's excuse does not rate quite as much as a murderer will murder my friends. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I got we bit by snack. <laughs> we do some real West Side Story shit where they're really just wishing and fantasizing about a place that they could go where there's no North Side and South Side. Guys. If only we could tear down like, all these walls. It's kind of touching, and it's also so dumb, and I don't know how to feel. It's really embarrassing. Incredibly juvenile. <laughs> it's like, guys, you're you you don't live in the fifties. Please stop. Especially well, I mean, Riverdale is not fully aware of that fact. <laughs> no, though. they're not. No, and it's super weird because like Jughead's arc this season, like he's always been like that weird outsider, but his arc this season is like. He's going full, like, brooding anime, like, fine, then I'll embrace the darkness in order to become <laughs> the person that I need to be in order to make everyone happy. God damn it, Sasuke. Yeah, he's Sasuke-ing the whole place up. If Cheryl Blossom is the Vegeta, Jughead Jones is the Sasuke. Does that make Archie Naruto? Because I think he is. I mean, we're already mixing anime metaphors, so who knows? He's kind of dumb and full of trouble and, like, magically makes people his friends. Is he good You've enough, described though? literally every shonen protagonist, though. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, well, here's the thing. Like, I'm not getting that Archie muck on my Goku, so we're not talking <laughs> oh, about no. that. I mean... Um, and I don't really give a shit about Naruto, so it's fine. Uh, but Nikki is inviting the Pussycats to a party, and Cheryl just invites herself with okay. the amazing line, 10 o'clock, you said? I'll be there at 11. Yeah. Uh, props, I mean, granted, we know how this thing goes, it's not good, but props to Cheryl for just, like, rolling up and just, like, inserting herself in there. She describes herself as the town's resident it girl. And she's doing it, the thing. Right. Like, she's doing she's it. She's fantastic. So, I Cheryl Blossom is love her so living her best <laughs> life. She really is. Thank goodness for Threatening her. Threatening her mother. She inviting herself to parties. Uh, it's great. That fucking high Victorian family drama stuff they've got going on over there is very good. Yeah. Betty accepting the invite seems like a risk, but again, she has to go headlong into the darkness. So here we go. Nikki, of course, has bought Jingle Jangle from Reggie. He pushes Veronica and others to take drugs, and Nikki gets very, very handsy. Yeah. And, uh, um,. And, like, we're just going to have some more red flags. Why not? Betty seems to be the only one who doesn't just get ripped in this scene. Right, and Archie initially resists, but I don't remember what exactly the line was that made him push into it, but it was not a lot better than, like, hey, kid, you want some drugs? Oh, no, thanks. What are you, stupid? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah cool, like, I'll do oh. the drugs. That makes me think that maybe your dick's not big enough for Veronica. Oh, then I'll take all the drugs. Give me all of the drugs. I'm a man. God damn it, Archie. Will it do to this me? This got you in so much trouble. Yeah. I mean, the problem is it didn't. Right. Uh, but the it it got it got him near to an awful lot of being dead. Well, all of the there's so much fallout from this. Right. Um. And in terms oh, yeah. of uh, the construction of this scene, like once they switch into like. Everyone takes the jingle jangle and things get all like weird. Um, like the the music changes 
everyone's like kind of fast motion grinding on each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, all right. You know, teen parties. Yeah, teen parties. Um, then you do see Betty like sitting in the chair, just like being deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. And as someone who's been like the one sober person at a lot of situations like that. Oh man, I'm sorry. It's just like. I understand how deeply uncomfortable that is, especially like being around that age, like being 15. You're just like, oh, it sucks. Like, I suck. really felt for Betty in that particular situation. Betty is understandably put off and isolated, but good Lord, is she, oh, wait, she's doing what Black Hood wants. That's what this is. Yep. yep. Yeah. She's been uh, waiting for her moment. And so, yep, she's sort of psyched herself up to do this thing she really doesn't want to do and really, really has to. Again, it's good character conflict for her. Like, there's mm -hmm. real pressure on her to, to do these things that are terrible. And she definitely did have to, like, work herself up to there. It certainly, like, didn't hurt that everyone did do a bunch of drugs. And why doesn't she on... just go to the cops? It's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. It's the Riverdale sheriff. Right. So, yeah, of course she doesn't go to the cops. That would just yep. get a bunch of people killed. Yep. And uh, she probably pre-prepared that speech from the looks of it. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's taken some affectations from Jughead and just practicing her <laughs> uh, her snappy yeah. repartee a lot. Yeah, she it, just goes okay. off on Veronica when she's like, if you're not having fun, why don't you just go home? Also, it's sad for Betty and I feel sorry for her being forced to do this. But one thing to the credit of the characterization, even if it's wildly inconsistent, she is dark enough and enough burgeoning Alice tendencies that I wasn't sure that there wasn't a part of her who believed these things she was saying and enjoyed saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. Um, it's terrible, but like good. Yeah, no, it is. Story wise. Is. But like, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. I was like, there's part of her that agrees with this was what I felt in this. Scene. Right. That's that's really interesting because like I was I was so like clued into, OK, what is the word content and what is the stuff that she has picked out to specifically hurt Veronica and the stuff that's like because she basically does a you are a bad person and incapable of the change that you have said that you came here to right to, like, to accomplish that. Remember when you exposited <laughs> to me about your character arc? That was bullshit. Yeah. I don't believe it. That's a, that's never going right. to happen. That's you are you are not. Right. You are a bad person. Person. <laughs> teenager who who is still working out how yeah. to see gray areas right and, yeah and you can just see veronica be like oh no the thing that i have feared <laughs> right the one fear i very explicitly told you that i have about myself oh no <laughs> yeah yep how not could sure, you hurt sure me here and I, I i think you're right in that like betty fears this about veronica's family and definitely think veronica is capable of shit but I wonder, certainly on later seasons of Riverdale, I, but, huh, <laughs> but you're right, yeah, oh, credit I mean, to just how inconsistent the writing is, Rob. That's yeah, an interesting I just can't thing. get a beat on the girl. <laughs> the, the broken clock was right in this yeah. scene. Like, I think that I got a possibly textually supported deeper and darker read of the scene Whew. that would not have worked if I knew who the fuck she was. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. Tony warns Jughead that the final trial is a big deal and that you got to be ready to die for the serpents. She also probably rightly warns him that his Northside friends will abandon him one by one if he finishes joining the gang, which is obviously not going to be true in this TV show. 
but I think that that is a reasonable assertion of a human being to make to another human being who is joining a gang like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was that was some good conflict. I thought that was good conflict, but I also thought that it was like at the end of that thing, Tony also basically like turns to the camera and says, that's right, teens. That's what it means to join a gang. (laughs) Maybe a bit. Because I think she actually does say that's what it means to join a gang. (laughs) But it's like, you will lose all your friends. You don't want that, do you, kids? That sounds like a bad thing, right? Don't join a gang. (laughs) If you join a gang, someone might turn your school into police. (laughs) You won't be like me, a cool, hot teen with purple hair. You will be sad and alone. <laughs> Indeed. So Nikki throws a lot of compliments out and gets even more handsy and then fucking assaults Veronica and threatens her with blowing up her father's deal. Yeah. And she slaps him in his stupid face. What a piece of shit. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, yeah, we probably don't need to belabor it. Everything about Nikki is terrible. Yeah. yeah, no, just like, fuck that guy. I'm glad she slaps him in his stupid face. Yeah. Yeah. Veronica handles herself like Good. Veronica. And luckily, I mean, was she could have used to... a closed fist, but yeah, it was her choice. Get out of that situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Black Hood calls Betty, and I have a note here. Why isn't she at home? Where was she? Sitting on a bench in the middle <laughs> of goddamn nowhere at night. Um. Ah! So I guess I'll say this: this place as... looks incredibly spooky. I'll wait for the killer to call me here. Right. Um. I'll say this. Like, as a teen who had been in similar circumstances, granted, I never, like, looked at my best friend in the eye and said, you're worthless and you'll never achieve what you're trying to get. Like, you will never actualize yourself as a person. Go die. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, after a situation like that, like a depressed, yeah. anxious, incredibly introverted 15-year-old, that's exactly the kind of shit I would do, because, like... Yeah, you don't no want to go home. home. Yeah, no, that makes You sense. just need to be uh, yeah, perhaps relatable. out there in the quiet air, like, and let it happen. And I guess she's not worried that Black Hood's going to kill her, though. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... Oh, yeah, it's absolutely unsafe, even if she believes that Black Hood's not going to kill her. You shouldn't believe in the consistency of, like murderers oh, oh sure no, you shouldn't. she shouldn't no you should it's not like this is safe no but but as a 15 year old no, you're no, right i would also do this fair. yep black hood informs betty that he's not going to kill anybody as long as she keeps going with this insane mind game of his and that jughead is the next person that needs to be cut out of her life yeah betty comes clean with archie about black hood's game and asks Archie to do the breakup for her, hoping to walk it back later, which will so definitely work, you guys. It'll be fine. It will not cause any problems. It will not cause any problems that they've slowly been building to for the entirety of this season (laughs) so far. Jeez. Yep, yep. At the Lodge fundraiser, early indications are that things are going well with the raising of funds, which makes Veronica nervous. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there was this whole thing with Nikki, and why is that not a problem? Mm-hmm. Notably, Hal seems to be in pretty good with Hiram. I thought that was an interesting detail. I mean, he needed something to do. <laughs> I think it's an interesting detail, too. I, I, yeah. Alice then shows up with a fucking gold serpent necklace and a dress. Oh, oh, she's my dress. cherry pie. Like... <laughs> It was bad. It was great. Well, well, first I'm sorry. off, first off, they're like, Hal, Hal's like, okay, they're like, 
where's Alice? And then they're like, okay. She's still all pissed because of the the scandal. Right. So she was going to stay home. Everyone thought it was best. But no. But no, no. it was not no, best. No, it was not. For Alice goddamn Cooper? Are you kidding me? Like Music cue. The music cue. And Thunder? the Thunder? only thing. Thunder. The only yeah, it thing. Was amazing. That fucking song was so good. Um, the only thing that scene was missing was a cut to a couple of country club guys in sunglasses, like <laughs> looking yeah. down their sunglasses, <laughs> going like pulling them down. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's wearing holy a, shit! A gold snake necklace and a romper with a cape. Is it a full cape or is it like just a vest? It's like a half cape. It's like like a vest type. It's so, oh gosh. It's like, it's like fire. It's so much, it's just an outfit made of fire. It's burned into my mind, but I cannot grip (laughs) the specifics of it. Like it keeps moving around. It was too much. (laughs) It's like you saw the face of God. Exactly. She that just she decided snake necklace. She was like, "Well, I'm going to put the scarlet letter upon myself and go to the banquet regardless." And my what a letter. What a letter cuz yeah. I am going to issue an immediate correction on my previous snake uh, uh, my previous snake. Uh, <laughs> snake I'm sorry. Yep. I I'd like to issue a correction on my snake. Um <laughs> on my previous statement. Riverdale. It's not a snake necklace. It's a snake torque. Like, it is like fully wrapped around. It is. It weighs five pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like Alice Cooper, but in this moment, I love her. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, though, no, it's. Imp- this is. I felt like, oh, it's season. It's end of season one, Alice. Look. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Sh- she gives no fucks and she's starting to learn a tiny bit. And, like, that's how I felt about her at the end of season one. And then, of course, like, she's just become an entirely different kind of monstrous in this season. She's so terrible. But, like, what a delightful person to watch. Oh, yeah. I guess. The one thing I wanted more than anything out of this scene, like, with all of that drama and flair, was her to walk up to Hal and just be like, no, it's done. (laughs) Like... Just stop. This is no. Here's your wedding ring. Go sleep. Go sleep in the register. She at least tells him to yeah, shut wasn't up. she like shove it, Hal, when she yeah, first saw him? I think so. Like, and up. that was good. Yeah, like that. It was it was great. I loved I loved every second of it. Nikki blames slash doesn't blame his drug problem for what happened last night. And V is excessively gracious about this. Too fucking gracious. Mm-hmm. And then we see Cheryl arriving and planning no good, which I was like, oh, yay, Cheryl, like, the first time I watched this episode, and, like, now I think about that beat, and I'm like, oh, God. Um, yeah, yeah, I had hope, too. I was like, what's Cheryl uh-huh. going to get up to? Yep. Archie visits Jughead, who tells him to leave immediately, and Archie does this whole breakup thing Well, for Betty. Right, because he shows up, and he's like, Ugh, what are you here for to tell me that my new friends are stupid and lame. <laughs> I already know that, you dingus. Go home. 
And he's like, no, <laughs> Betty's breaking up with you. He's like, no, 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 no. I saw her yesterday. It was fine. Like he has this like immediate switch to like being like, whatever to be like, no. Yeah. And I mean, he looks devastated. Yeah. That's something Cole Sprouse can do. Yeah. So they have him He's, do it. He has uh, eyes. Even though the scene is. He does. Even, yeah. Even though his scene, even though the scene is stupid, I was like, oh. He's a sad boy. <laughs> like, yeah. again, I don't have a lot of faith in their relationship and that might have a no. lot to do with. Betty's incredibly inconsistent characterization, but I felt for my I, poor boy, that poor man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't much like the bughead, but but oh, but teens do have emotions. It's got it's got a great ship name, yeah. <laughs> bughead. Yeah, it's a really good ship name. There's no pleasant way to say it, so I will say it expressively. Nikki roofies Cheryl, and I hope he dies. Yeah. I hope he's flung nude down a downhill slip and slide studded with barbed fishing hooks. Yeah. Um, and this is around the time that Josie and the Pussycats start playing, right? Yep. <clears throat> yes. And we're getting a tripartite intercut. So, because of right, because there's the serpent beat off. Um, <laughs> the what now? <laughs> the- Quinn? <laughs> We want to take that again? Do we do phrasing on this podcast because phrasing? (laughs) Whoops. Wishful thinking. Uh. Uh. (laughs) Paging Dr. Freud, you have a penis on line one. I mean... (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Uh. Um, (laughs) There is the serpent initiation... Yes. There's what's going on with Cheryl, and then there's the actual fundraiser. Um, and Betty being devastated. Oh, yeah, and, and Betty. Archie being devastated. Like, there's a lot of angst right. going on, too. Um, My musical chops are a little bit weak. That's oh, a song from Rent, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, they play they play a song from Rent. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I think it's like... M- wow, one of, the subtext of that is dark. That's what I thought. Like, the second time I watched her, I'm like... Ooh, and it's like one of Mimi's songs, yeah. and it's like yeesh, just yeesh. Yeah, it's a weird show. The the <sighs> use of music <laughs> yes, during all of these juxtapositions are like so weird. Like, let's go out, get high, and like have fun is the intent to be conveyed by the song in Rent. And as they're saying, like, let's go out, they just cut to Jughead having the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, and it's like you guys. Yeah, this this serpent initiation is. Um, him going through a line of people punching him. Yeah, just messing his shit up. Yeah, he gets just beating him right off. <laughs> um. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, what happened. No, they are all just yeah. He, he gets really beat up. He gets real beat up, and then... in a way that will not stay consistent in future episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because by the way, stay... the, the 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 finale of this is something that would stick around for a good goddamn oh, long while. Yeah. Um, it involves something that I understand the French like to call American punchers. <laughs> What's this? I don't know this. Uh, brass knuckles are oh. apparently known in certain parts of Europe. As American, As American punchers. punchers, wow. Well, yeah, brass knuckle I, to the to the cheekbone and to eye. the cheek, but like yeah, that could I mean, shatter I, your I zygomatic even... arch. Yeah. Like that is not something that you just like is, put an ice pack on and he's are fine relatively in the okay after all of this. And yeah. within a few episodes, you know, you won't even be able to tell. But hey, you guys, 
the writers on the show don't know anything, so yeah, right. it's fine. Forget. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. Anyway. Or or anyway. this could be how things work in this universe. It could be. Right. That's fair. Everyone just has very soft brass knuckles. <laughs> or he could have Or very strong powers. face bones. Veronica notices Nikki and Cheryl leaving. Veronica and the Pussycats kick the shit out of Nikki yes. in Medius Rape. Yeah. After appropriating a room key from a housekeeping cart like smart resourceful quick thinking people yeah it was um, nice to see them kicking the shit out of him that was, was very good it was very satisfying to see the quick turnaround on like yeah. mm-hmm. it was like a josie and a pussycats episode of them being like oh we have a thing to do we're going to figure this out yeah. and they figured it out and um, executed the task that was like a stand-up and cheer moment of like yeah you fuck him it up sure was yeah, I need to point out that Veronica did, in fact, upgrade from the slap to the closed fist and also did a straight 12 to 6 floor face stomp, oh, good. which is at least part of what needed to happen. Yep. And uh, this encounter- They while he's alive, which is a little disappointing, yeah. but at least I point out what was happening in that room didn't show us it going further than it did. Thanks for that show, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um... Uh, there there are shows where they would have gone for more shock value, and I was slightly relieved that they didn't. Yeah, they thankfully didn't feel do like anything. I'm unnecessarily the firmest footing on in this show on things like Cheryl that. Cheryl was, was like, okay, thank, yeah. thank God that's Cheryl over. was molested. Yeah. There was an attempted rape that was thwarted by Josie and the Pussycats. Yep, and Veronica uh, in a beating that leaves Nick looking approximately as bad as Jughead. Yeah, they had juxtaposed yep. the two beatings right next to each other. If it were a contest, we know what it would be called. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jeez. Jughead earns his jacket, so that's good. He's a he's a gang member now. We'll deal with that later. Black Hood says Betty can find out who he is at an abandoned house. Holy shit. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> where you're like, I don't care if you trust him not to kill you. Don't do that. Fascinating, because I'm like, yeah, do it, Betty. Okay, I'm, look. Because I'm fully um, bought into like- a weakness like, for girl detectives. Because she's a girl well, detective. How is she not going to? Yeah, There's well, no way course, that that person isn't going to do that. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm all for- like it makes sense for Betty to do that, but like that's a bad move. And no, like, I understand. <laughs> if but you're if gonna I do that, were that Betty? kid, I was going to do that. You know, there's no way that I wouldn't do that. You're gonna I go just, to the abandoned yeah. house. As a concerned parent, so... at least make sure you bring your toilet gun. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's a real okay. It's good Betty doesn't know about the toilet gun because she would have kept the toilet gun. We can all agree, absolutely... right? We can all agree She's that it's good that Betty doesn't know of about the guns. Toilet gun. And if yes. there was a, and right. if there was an innocent yeah. person but, there, she would have murdered them on reflex. I'm saying she and has a reflex. A... Wouldn't be the head. It would be like kneecap, <laughs> kneecap, groin, head. Oh my god! Because it's Betty. Thank God yep. she doesn't have the toilet gun. Oh my! She has a record of Yet. keeping guns in her dresser. <laughs> as we will uh, remember from season one. So much smarter than in the toilet of a goddamn school. It's there. It wasn't smart. It, it was it was a it was a note for that episode. The thing is, but it was still less not smart. It's ridiculous that we are now making a positive comparison because I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> Betty took some flack for the gun <laughs> for for the dresser gun. For the dresser However, gun, yeah. A a toilet gun makes a dresser gun I mean, it, look it's, pretty it good. Put things in perspective. 
<laughs> We're going to have to see where these kids keep the, their other guns, uh-huh. I guess, to to have our, 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 our smart uh, yeah. scale. Our hierarchy of guns. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yep. That's right. She finds a gift-wrapped dun, 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 black hood. She's instructed to turn to a mirror and put it on, which makes Cat's theory look pretty good. You were like, oh, they have the same eyes. Whoa. Indeed. Though the throwaway reference to him being in his 40s, like early in the season, in yeah. one line, yeah. is a little obnoxious and made me think that maybe it's Hal, which I don't know that I would like that much because Hal isn't a real character. Yeah. But I would rather have a real character that we get to know rather than a non-character that we already Hal know. Hal feels but like <laughs> such we'll a red see. herring, right? Yeah. I think so, I mean, yeah. It feels like it wants us to think it's but Hal. It, it is not above this show or not below this show, rather, though, to be like, wow, Hal has nothing. He's so boring. Let's have him be the killer. Right. Uh, so that's what I'm concerned is going to happen. I don't want that. Uh, and it's certainly a distinct possibility at this point. Archie calls Betty to have her come help with Cheryl. Veronica notices Betty not blaming her. Like, there's some pretty astute, like, I know this person going on. Mm-hmm. Cheryl is absolutely correct about Nikki needing to be charged and then sent to hell. Yep. <laughs> yes. Jughead now has a tattoo. And I mean, now he and Tony are defos a thing. Like before I even see it happen and boom goes the dynamite. Well, you say boom goes the dynamite, but he's about to get lampooned for his rather oh, yeah, lame no. performance. Let me, <laughs> let me amend. Boom goes what Jughead presumes to be the dynamite all right um let me say this just for the audience out there don't try to bet a man after a good old-fashioned serpent beat up (laughs) (laughs) a word to the wise just tuck that don't make the mistake i did yeah Uh, i'm speaking from experience here it's going to disappoint uh so this fucking ringtone oh god serves us up a hot slice of Riverdale dissonance. Why, Betty? She changed it. She made a custom ringtone for the serial killer. But she didn't put the contact in her phone as anything. Like, it's not in there as Black Mask or even like BM or anything. It's like unknown, but Lollipop is in fact that ringtone. If I were hanging out with a friend, (laughs) <laughs> and they got like calls and a normal ringtone happened and then they got a call and lollipop came on. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey friendo. Let's talk about What's this. What's up with that? Right. Like there's two possibilities. Yeah. Your crush just called you right? or you've got an elaborate inside joke. Right. The, the, like you you should tell me either way. Something right, is, like something's no, happening. Yeah. Like, let me get that to know you a little dealer, bit better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That was the sugar man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Th- there's so much to be said about the sugar man. <laughs> we'll get, We're going to we'll get, get there. there. I know. We're going to get there. Okay. So Black Hood knows that Archie knows. To save Polly, Betty will be forced to give him a name. And she says, Nick St. Clair. Yes! I love her so much. And then... We get some real goddamn dark Betty because she gives him the location. She tells him where Nikki is, which wasn't part of what was required. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oof. She went for that's it. That's some dark ass shit. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. 
So who wants to bring us in with River Dews? Um, so I guess I can start with what might be a pretty universal River Dew. I'm not sure, but Josie and the Pussycats Stop a Rape was by... Yeah! Like... Yeah, no, it was good. It's related to mine, but yeah. Just good? Just real good. I like when they let Josie and the Pussycats be something that are, like, empowering and strong and good, and that was happening here, and I was very, very happy about that. And able to throw competently thrown punches. Yeah. No, they fucked him up. They fucked him right up. They fucked him up like an American puncher on a young boy's face. (laughs) It was so satisfying. (laughs) Everything about it was just really good. Really well executed. It was just like, oh, thank thank God. Thank God. Because the whole thing was very, it was terrifying. It was so terrifying. It was. Credit to the show. It was very tense. You know, gut churning and and scary. And then, but but then our girls. Good stuff. Ah. They're just, and like they're I just said, like it was a literal stand up and cheer moment for me, or I was like, "Yes, yeah, Gah, put him in the ground." Uh, so that was yeah. my river do. The only thing it was missing was a suplex. Uh huh. That was the only thing missing from the scene. Rob, what about you? My river do. I have a runner up, which is just the idea that FP was so instrumental and so critical in keeping the chaos at bay between the north and south sides. I like that. I fucking love F.P. Jones, and the fact that he was doing something really important behind the scenes was very cool. Yep. Still managing to uh, do his and job. And also seems like a big, meaty plot hook that is going to be cool, too. So that was good. But my actual Riverdue is just the overall handling of this very dark and important and serious subject matter of rape, mm. because holy shit is it usually handled horribly on television and movies. And I felt like, overall, they did a pretty good job. He has a lot of red flags with his gross handsiness and the things he says. And he does the exact kind of manipulative Mm non-apologies that he just has in the back pocket. It's a very realistic diffusion behavior. It really Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Very real. We showcase Veronica's extreme competence and model looking out for one another as a good thing to do Mm -hmm. and we get him both getting the shit knocked out of him after seeing what he planned to do rather than being puerile about it again thank you show and betty pulls that trolley problem lever so far in his direction that the fucker breaks off (laughs) and i think that for such heavy subject matter that touches on real lived-in trauma, I have seen so many much much worse depictions i feel like they handled this with respect and again, this show is really consistently a mixed bag on stuff like this. <laughs> consistently inconsistent. Like, you're yeah. always worried, and I was very, very <laughs> glad that they handle this well. Like, and there's like a lot of like apologia and like people that, that, that yeah, the like they address like instincts towards apologizing for. It, 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 it was very, very good. Yeah, ex- and they, they address those attitudes as explicitly right, bad Right, as like, no, bullshit. that's awful. Yeah. Good stuff. So, Kat. Yeah, and then I'll just have mine be the th- this episode, <laughs> unlike last episode, uh, had it had some pep to it, and it had some actual Riverdale feelings right fucking that like Like. we needed that we needed so it had like a whole it had a whole plot that was just dedicated to spunky times for jughead that like 
it had just a gauntlet of shenanigans. And a oh, gauntlet yeah. of shenanigans. I didn't know that that was something that I needed, but it was a gauntlet oh, filled with, like, references to comics and then, like, upping the ante on how cute and personable we can make this stuff with Tony and warm. And then it's just, like, well, stupid boy stuff. And then it was just delightful. There was wonderful Riverdale silliness in this episode. And, like, the more I think about... God, chapter 17 is a fucking black hole. Like, the it's, more I think about it, the more miserable like, it makes the, me. Yeah. The last episode was a was a bad place to be. <laughs> it Sometimes wasn't okay. It wasn't you okay. gotta come out a toilet gun with something <laughs> strong. You really... You really got to buy back our confidence, and they managed it here. Yeah, that they yeah, had that the- moment with Alice. That they had, uh, they had like good lines coming out of Cheryl. Even though they did this, the scary, scary stuff with Cheryl too. They like still gave her fun shit to do in in the like, like the moments we saw before it, with her. Right. Well, and, and thank like- and thank God they actually made the stuff scary though, because if they hadn't taken it seriously, like my skin would have left my body yeah. and like hitchhiked down the street. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, like, Cheryl fucking rocks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just love her more and more. Except when she does the, like, well, I feel like she's probably not going to do victim blaming for sexual assault stuff anymore. Or, like, minimize. Because, like, her behavior with you know, Chuck has been the really, worst. like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. You guys are all lying about being sexually abused or whatever. Fuck. Like, or yeah, harassed. Yeah, no. And, like, um, that that was like the worst part of Cheryl's character, and I feel like I mean, how could possibly I mean, it happen again? That now? episode, I think, was our toilet gun of season one, where like really that was. episode was just bad, <laughs> like all around. Uh, but, but yes, Quinn, River don't, River don't. It's probably not going to surprise anyone that much that this is where I lean into this one. I think we've actually covered it pretty well through the episode so far. The continued trend of. Betty's inconsistent characterization sure and sort of like bending her around the necessities of the plot it makes it really really hard to maintain adequate emotional investment in the things that she does or to like like I said before a lot of this plot was hinged on the emotional impact of her doing these grossly hurtful seemingly out of character things but when you yeah. don't have a solid enough grasp on who she is, you don't know what insults are out of character or like what behavior is inconsistent. Right. At the same time, like I do like elements of this plot. Like I do certainly agree with you, Kat, that the best version of Betty that we see in Riverdale is when she is doing like the high school noir, like girl detective stuff. Like she's great at that stuff. She really shines there, and they got to play with that a little bit here, but she's also still just, like, all over the place, and, like, immediately after this phone call the next morning, she's like, Archie, I gotta tell you what happened. <laughs> after, like, some pretty serious threats, like, I know where your sister lives, and I could kill yep. her. Right. Yep, yep. That segues into my river don't real well, which is that she tells Archie this thing, because here's the thing. It's probably safer if you're just completely isolated in this situation because this is a unhinged murdering madman who nevertheless has proven that he's willing to play this game. And as much as it sucks horribly for her, especially in light of how terrible the police are here, I almost feel like she's morally obligated to do what he says until it becomes go kill this person. It's terrible and unfair, but like, I don't think she has an adequate reason to think that he's not going to 
take it seriously when she breaks the fucking rules. Mm-hmm. But if she's going to break the rules, if she can trust Archie, she can sure as fuck trust Jughead. Yeah. Right. Like, and so like that whole literally conflict seems anyone like anyone who can do a fucking real. thing. <laughs> yeah. So if it's okay for her to tell one person, it's okay for her to tell her very intelligent boyfriend who will definitely well, keep it on the DL and try to help her. But like, and the only reason she doesn't is because we need the conflict. Uh, but Rob, you don't understand. She can't tell Jughead because they don't live next door. And so they can't walk to school together and share their secrets. Well, that's also, I mean, that's the reason that they give in the show. But it made m- the way that her inconsistent writing has mm-hmm. done enough to make me think at various stages because they do keep doing things where they're like, but my primary concern is how Archie will think of me, where I'm like, mm-hmm. well, maybe she does think of Archie first, always. Maybe. She might. Yeah, I mean, She might. It could be she that, might. that is a thing. I, I don't <sighs> know. Yeah, Man. that's my river don't. Like, yeah. the only thing, the only point I can give her in her column on this one is I have to assume that she didn't hear about the toilet gun because if you heard about the toilet gun... <laughs> And you went off and you told this boy what was happening. You've made a huge mistake. You don't even have Jingle Jangle to blame. Right. But that was, yeah, a rookie, rookie mistake. And I do like some of the, like, the scene framing that we get out of it. I like that little walk to school scene. Like, those scenes are nice. They're very evocative of, like, the tone of the the show as a piece of, like, that, that high school time. And I love that stuff. But come on, kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kat, what was the worst thing? You guys have covered a bunch of the the worst stuff. Yeah, this was surprisingly not a horrible episode. Yeah. I think the worst thing for me then has to be, like, in a thing that was relatively fun. I really liked Jughead's plot and how it was handled. Brass knuckle to face, to cheekbone, no, no real injury, bruise, and back to consciousness in a matter of maybe a minute that's possible but i mean that's that's less egregious than the lack of external injury yeah it just doesn't make any gosh dang sense and and like and there's no medical attention paid to the boy at all um they're like oh no you'll you'll nurse up your wounds and like there's no reason for a sweet pea to pull out brass knuckles none and then start pulling his punches there's (laughs) well i mean empty bravado that's the but this seemed like the whole the whole last thing is like, ooh, this is not good. Maybe they aren't even maybe they're not punching him that hard. But then they made it clear that they were. <laughs> and right. like, yeah. th- why isn't he in the hospital? What's not what? Right. Show and like, what are you doing? Show <laughs> it just like Tony gives him the speech of like, you got to be ready to die for your gang. And so like they're going to put you through the ringer here. And I can get that. But quite frankly, if you're going to be punching people in the face with brass knuckles, like, that is going to cause more than likely permanent facial damage. Yeah. And at that point, if you're going to be going, giving all your initiates permanent facial damage, you got to give your gang a cooler name. <laughs> like, maybe the name. Ghoulies. <laughs> or at least the Southside Scrunch Cheeks. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... A bunch yeah. of people roll up to you with, like, broken zygomatic arches. Like, they've had their faces shattered. Like, that's a group of people worthy of the name The Ghoulies. For real. Every, everybody just looks like an empty Coke can that fell off of something. That's a that's a freaking gang. 
that's a yeah. you know that's a good intimidation <laughs> tactic um and yeah. like if you're going to do that as part of your initiation why aren't if you know what's going on why don't you have the gang medic nearby what why don't you have it? i mean they've got a lawyer i don't i don't know yeah. <laughs> it, it all seemed a, a little doctor? a little thin to me guys yeah <laughs> maybe just a little thin um and it and it's something that continued to bother me as the next few episodes went on as I was just like yeah jughead your face <laughs> what's going well, on with this they went out of their way to excuse oh no that rattlesnake didn't have any venom <laughs> right but which this, I was like which oh, is brass knuckles cute. had their knuckle glands removed <laughs> i guess <laughs> brass knuckles tony a brass knuckles punched me in the face. A brass knuckles punched me in the face and drew bruise. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Uh, but look, hey, that one wasn't that bad. So not not too no. shabby an episode. No, things are looking up. Indeed. So let's get into some something weird, though, Quinn. I mean, what do with the weird? Look, I think that we can all agree that this week. Alice Cooper brought the thunder. It was so good. <laughs> and I, I just love that so much. Like, that is so incredibly, like, the extravagant, over-the-top, indulgent bonanza that I come to this show for. Yeah, no adequate explanation exists in nature. No, the camera just loved fuck. her. The camera, like I said, literally the only thing that could have made it better was dudes in sunglasses, like, <laughs> peering down. Because uh, that was classic. That or her divorcing her milk toast piece of shit husband. Short of that, short of that, just chef kiss to this whole thing. Yeah, fair. It, the snake torque. <laughs> We've never seen Alice yep. come close to dressing like that before. <laughs> no, like, no, no. Why does she own this romper with a cape? This was deeply repressed, and she's just going. Does for she like it. go buy it? Oh no, <laughs> oh, she's had it. She it's been she in goes, a locked box, and she no. stares at it in the night. There is definitely. She pulls a briefcase down in her closet, <laughs> lays it on the floor, and quietly whispers. One last job. No, she's <laughs> going at the floor of her basement with a sledgehammer, John Wick style, oh to get this God, yeah. out. Digging up her old life. Yeah. yeah. Thing she's got a treasure chest jewelry. full of snake-themed jewelry. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. That's what happened. I remember seeing that. Um, yeah, it's good. I have a weekly weirdness. My weekly weird is steps two and three of the serpent initiation. <laughs> I okay, okay, love fine, that fine, so much because I mean it's it's a lot and it was a weekly weird in a good way I was like yes I'm in Riverdale again a place both wondrous and strange and just the screaming like half kissing distance away of these laws down each other's throats <laughs> And the snake and the knife, and it was just all so... <sighs> that even a single actor on the set could take it seriously long enough for them to roll the camera is a testament. 
I I loved it so much, and I was like, oh, thank God we're back in Riverdale. Yeah. I mean, I believed for a moment that that was the, like, that was it. That was the end point of the initiation is you scream the rules, you grab the, the snake knife, and you're good. Because in that moment, I believed I could join a gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's my that's my uh, double W. That's a good one. Lollipop, 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 <laughs> That is that's all the, kinds of fair. The continued musical dissonance of this show, like if they're going to license a song, they are going to use it to create dissonance. Like it's fine. It's just why right that one. Yeah, it. I, I get the show doing it sort of because. Because we still have the why that one, but there is no earthly explanation for that being Betty's choice. I mean, this is the kind exactly. of show where you could have, let's say, the Riverdale Bulldogs <laughs> celebrating a big football game win, and all of a sudden the camera goes slow-mo and fucking Mad World plays. <laughs> Like that could happen in this show, or like oh, Johnny Cash's yeah. rendition hurt? of Hurt. Yeah, where like graduation and Hurt, like <laughs> why not? Those are different from each other, so it's artistic. Um, it's um, it was just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's not Riverdale. That's not my problem with it. It's. No, no. It's oh, just... it's incredibly Weekly Riverdale. Weirds don't have to right, be a problem. Like, yeah. And that's the problem with it, kind <laughs> of. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We've just made a Riverdale koan. <laughs> like, <laughs> did we just ascend? <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, no. Oh, you guys. Join us next week for Chapter 19, Death Proof. I think you mean Chapter 19, Sugar Man Rising. 